Right, if you turn to Proverbs chapter 3 tonight, Proverbs chapter 3, God willing, we'll be expounding verses 27 and 28. The title of the message tonight is Payment Due. Payment Due. Proverbs 3, verse 27 and 28. Tonight, Solomon is going to give us some good practical wisdom concerning obligations that we have to other people. And I'm so thankful that the scriptures address the matters of our civil conduct, whether it's not just spiritual. Everything's spiritual when it comes to a Christian. All of our conduct ties back to our relationship to God. But our civil conduct and our, our personal business is God's business. So I'm glad the scriptures address that as well. Solomon says in verse 27, Withhold not good, withhold not good from them to whom it is due. Solomon is painting a commandment with a very broad brush here. Withhold not good from them to whom it is due. Now I want you to notice the, the word good here, and the word good here. Or the Hebrew word that's translated good here, it's a very general word that describes anything that's good. It's the same word used in the book of Genesis when God saw the light that it was good or God saw anything that it was good. And so when Solomon tells us not to withhold anything that's good, he's speaking about withholding a particular benefit, some benefit from someone to whom that benefit is due. All right, so let's think about the word do here. And the Hebrew word translated do, it means master or owner. So it is referring to the authority or the ownership of that good. And so when you put all this together, we're talking about an entitlement, okay? An entitlement that somebody has. So when we're thinking of the Hebrew, since the Hebrew word... Uh, literally means master or owner. If I am the master, then I have the right to govern what I'm the master of. If I am the owner, then I have the privilege of using, possessing, and enjoying what I own. Okay, So it's talking about a, a benefit, a right that somebody has. Uh, so let's make some practical applications here of this wisdom tonight, this command tonight. Uh, Brother Tony is in the construction business, and uh, we got to use him last Sunday, so I think it's only fit we use him again, especially since Brother Doug's not here, and I can't pick on him. Uh, Brother Doug's having work uh, work tonight. They have to adjust his schedule because of the extreme heat. They had to adjust the work schedule until that heat is over. But let's say a customer hires Brother Tony to build a, a nice deck. And if you need a nice deck, Brother Tony's the man to go to. But wait till he finishes painting our church first. We're waiting on a bit on that. But, uh, but after he does our church, and look to him for a deck. And uh, you hire Brother Tony to build a nice deck and to apply some special high-dollar brand of water sealant, waterproof sealant on that wood. You've seen it advertised on TV. Your neighbor has it. You like how it looks, and so you say, Brother Tony, I want 
this size deck. This is how I want to look, and I want this sealant put on there when you get through. So Brother Tony builds you a really nice deck just like you want. It looks good. But when it comes time to apply that special high-dollar sealant, Brother Tony thinks to himself, now he wouldn't do this, but he thinks to himself, now why should I spend the extra money on that high-dollar brand when the other brand which is a little less expensive, it'll do just as good a job. I know what I'll do. I will buy the less expensive brand, I'll take the difference, and I'll pocket that extra profit. You see? I'm sure there's some folks who would do that and would do even worse. And since, in Brother Tony's mind, he, he thinks to himself, since the less expensive brand, in my opinion, will do just as good of a job then it's not like I'm actually stealing from the customer. Because that would be stealing, though, because the customer paid for that high-dollar brand. He paid Brother Tony for that high-dollar brand. And so the application of that high-dollar water sealant is a benefit that's owed to that customer. It is a good that's due that particular person. And if that brand is not available, then an explanation and the difference in the cost belongs to the owner, not to Brother Tony, right? When my dad was in business, he was called out one night to go uh, help a man who was broke down on the side of the road. And I went out with my dad. I was a, just a boy. But I went out with him oftentimes in the record when he'd go out. And uh, if I remember right, the man was a teacher. I want to say it was either in Brownsboro or, or, or Murkison, Texas. And my dad went out and, and got the man back running again, got him back on the road again. And, 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 and while my dad was putting his tools back up on his wrecker, that man hopped in his car and just drove away. And then the confrontation was on. My dad runs and hops in his wrecker and tells me to run the wrecker. I didn't know what was going on. I just kid. Next thing you know, my dad and that man are speeding down the highway, neck and neck with their windows down. And my dad's saying, give me my money, boy. And that man finally pulls over and tells my dad he didn't have any money on him. I don't have any. My dad said, well, you... You called me out of bed. I mean, you, you don't call someone out to perform repairs and do things and then just run off and not pay them with no explanation while their back's turned. You don't do that. It's illegal. My dad rendered professional service that night. He was in business. And so the payment of his service, of his labor, was a benefit, a good that was due him. He never did pay that money. He promised him he would come back Monday morning. And many businessmen have gone through things like that. And he never showed up. If you owe somebody money, pay it. If you owe somebody service, render that service. Don't withhold it from him to whom it is due. A while back, someone at work was having trouble with their key fob. And nobody seemed to be able to figure it out. 
And uh, they couldn't fix the problem. And, and uh, I took some time. I sat down in front of the computer that runs all the security system there. And I took some time one day, and I figured it out. And I solved that problem for that woman, and I fixed her key fob. And when she got her fob back, she was so happy that her fob was fixed. And uh, later, not knowing who fixed the fob, she didn't know I fixed it, she assumed my, my supervisor had fixed it. And so she thanked him for fixing her fob. And when she thanked him for fixing it, you know what she was doing? She was giving him a benefit that was not due him. It didn't belong to him. She was giving him praise and credit for a job well done that was not due him because he didn't do the job. You see how you can make the application? So my supervisor, being a man of integrity, when the woman said, thank you, Mark, for fixing my fob for me, he said, I didn't fix your fob. He said, Richard Fulton did that. You see what he did? Now, now had he not told her I fixed it, and had he accepted the praise and credit, he would have been withholding good from him to whom it was due. You see? But he didn't do that. And so when he told her that, then I received the favor in that woman's eyes, and I received the recognition for the job well done. Those were just a couple of things that... Uh, I was entitled to. And I'm glad my supervisor did what was right. But we could go all night tonight into example after example of how you apply this wise commandment of not withholding something uh, that's due to somebody. And, uh, the, but the thing to remember is this. And you, if you'll remember this key right here, you can apply this in any situation. If there is a benefit that rightly belongs to someone, then it is wrong for me to hang on to that benefit. Whether it is money, or praise, or service, or help, or love, or kindness, or mercy, compassion, whatever it is, it's wrong. If that person's owed a benefit, rightly due to him, it's wrong for me to hang on to that benefit and to deprive that person. Now, there's a great spiritual lesson in this, too. You see, because Jesus died for my sins, the benefit of no longer being condemned for those sins now rightfully belongs to me. Isn't that right? God loved the world. He gave His only begotten Son. That we wouldn't perish, that I wouldn't perish, that you wouldn't perish. And so Jesus paid to give me the legal right to enjoy the benefit of being justified by His blood that He shed for me on the cross. I am entitled to forgiveness. You say, oh, Brother Richard, you're not entitled. Oh, yes, I am. I'm not entitled by my merit. I'm not entitled by anything I've done. But by the grace of God, on the, due to the accomplishment and the merit of Jesus Christ, I am legally and by covenant that God has made entitled to forgiveness. Jesus purchased that forgiveness. God promised that forgiveness. I am entitled to that forgiveness. If you make a promise, 
then the person you made that promise to is entitled to what you promised them. And that's the wonderful thing. God will not withhold good from him to whom it is due. He won't. He's made that promise to us. He will not withhold it. Solomon says, withhold not good from them to whom it is due. Look back in your text. When it is in the power of thine hand to do it. Everything has its limitations when it comes to humanity, doesn't it? I could not have died for your sins, but it was, that would have not been in my power. But it was in the power of Christ's hand, you see. Sometimes the benefit owed is not in the power of our hands to give. A while back, there was uh, three women. I can't remember what city it was in. For, there's so much wickedness nowadays it, it you see something that's almost unbelievable you go oh do you hear that on the news and after a while you forget about it because there's so much other terrible things that happen but maybe you'll remember there were three women who were kidnapped and held captive for like ah oh, two or three years or so by a school bus driver y'all remember that and one of those women managed to get her hand out the screen door or something, and she was waving her hand trying to get someone, and she got this man's attention across the street. And uh, she told him, you know, we're being held captive against our will. Please call the police. Let me loose, you know, whatever. And that man, at that time, the bad guy's gone. He's out driving kids around on the bus or whatever. And the bad guy's gone. That man, in the power of his hand, he had the capability to dial 911. He had the capability maybe to kick that door in and let those people free. Now, he didn't kidnap them. But was freedom to those people? Was that a benefit that was due to those people? Yes. Because God created them in His image. Is kindness and mercy and, and, and basic human decency and love a benefit that they rightly owed? Yes. It was a benefit that that kidnapper had been withholding from them. Just like the man who was beaten and robbed. The Samaritan, that, well, I'm sorry, not the Samaritan, but the man that was beaten and robbed and the good Samaritan stopped to help him. The other people who passed by, they withheld good from that man to whom it was due. When it was in the power of their hand to do it, they withheld good. They didn't beat the man, they didn't rob the man, but compassion was owed to that person Common human decency and love and mercy was owed to that person. If you would have someone to do unto you, Jesus said we owe that to those people. To love them as we'd have them to love us. And so it was a good, a benefit that was due to that Samaritan. And they withheld it from them when it was in the power of their hand to do it. The, not the Samaritan, but the person who had beaten and robbed. The Samaritan... Gave that good to the man to whom it was due. And now here, this man too had a choice. 
And by God's grace, he called the police and they got those people free. And had he said, no, you know, I don't want any part in this. I don't, I don't want to get involved. And he went back to his house and turned on Wheel of Fortune or something. That would have been a sin. He had been withholding a good from these people to whom it was due when it was in the power of his hand to do it. On the other hand, suppose someone is owed something. You don't have the power in your hand to do it. Suppose there's someone drowning in the middle of a lake and they're hollering, help, help, help. And it's Miss Sherry and she's got health trouble and her knee's messed up or whatever it is. And she thinks, I can't swim in the middle of that lake and back. I drowned before I got there. It's not in the power of her hand to do it. Now, she may be able to call 911 and ask somebody to come help. But it's not in the power of her hand to swim out in the middle of that lake and rescue that person. So if that person drowns while Miss Sherry is watching and trying to call 911, and Miss Sherry doesn't so much as dip her toe in the water to go help that person, did Miss Sherry commit a sin? No. It's not in the power of her hand to do it. You know what the devil will do? The devil will put guilt on people. He'll have them carry around this big burden of guilt for something that they were not able to resolve. You let that person die. You, 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 you were bad here and you didn't give this person what they needed or perhaps if you would have done A, B, C, and D. And you know what? A lot of times some things are just out of our control. A lot of people have children and they go around blaming themselves. Uh, Tammy told me tonight, not, not realizing what I was preaching on. But Tammy and I were talking tonight and, and uh, she was talking about, uh, well, it's something Glenda brought up uh, Sunday. She asked me a question about the devil sinning in heaven and being a perfect place. How could sin enter in there? And, and that was a wonderful question, a question a lot of people might have. And it got Tammy thinking about it. And Tammy thought, you know, if rebellion and sin can happen in a place controlled by God, that he's running and he's running it right, then maybe we shouldn't be so hard on ourselves when rebellion and sin happens in our home when we're trying our best to raise our children. We're trying our best to do whatever uh, and, or what if sin happens in the church, you know? Uh, as long as you're doing your best and you're, you're doing what God's called you to do, then if it, it, some things are out of your hand. They're just not in your hand. They're in the person's hand who's committing the offense. And so the burden belongs on that person. It doesn't mean your heart doesn't break for them. It doesn't mean you're not sad and you... And you, you cry out to God for that person to be helped. Or to help you emotionally overcome what you had to witness and go through watching a loved one uh, go down, you know. Uh, but uh, the burden doesn't belong to you if it's not in the power of your hand, you see. If it is in the power of your hand, if Miss Sherry... Uh, was an Olympic swimmer, and she says, well, I just got through swimming yesterday. I don't want to get my hair wet again. And she let the person drown. That was in the power of her hand. 
And when she realizes I could have done something, I let the person drown, the burden's still on her. The guilt's on her. And that's where she has to take that guilt to Christ, confess her sin, and repent and make it right with God. Otherwise, if it's not the power of your hand, then that guilt is not in your hand. You're not holding the guilt if you're not possessing the power. Does that make sense? You don't hold the guilt if you don't possess the power. And I thank God that he puts stipulations like this in here. You can't give somebody something that you don't have. Suppose someone loans you money. And they tell you, well, hey, here's some money here. Just pay me back when you can. And since that person loaned you the money, being paid that money back when they expect it to come back when you can, that is a benefit that's due them, that you owe that person. But if you're unable to work, if you're unable to earn the money, if, if, if for whatever reason you're just flat broke and it was at, at no fault of your own, then it's not in the power of your hand to pay it back. Suppose someone paid uh, Brother Tony to build their deck. That same guy pays Brother Tony to build their deck. And he has full intentions of putting on the nice ceiling and everything. Just before he finishes the job, he injures himself. A finished deck is a benefit owed to that customer. But being injured, it's now not in the power of his hand to finish the deck. He may be able to subcontract it out, take the money that he's been paid or something, and get someone else to do it. What if he's in a coma? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's out of his control now. It's not in the power of his hand anymore. By God's providence, it was taken out of his hand. And God was so merciful to include this relief for us into the command. Now, don't say, oh, well, it's not in the power of my hand. Well, you know, if you've got the ability to get out and work and make money and pay somebody back, it's in the power of your hand. If you can go uh, spend money uh, like a guy I know that, that I, I can't remember if I've mentioned this to y'all or not. But he, he owes so many people money and now he wants to take up skydiving as a hobby. Man, that's expensive. So he can't, he could not say... I would pay you, Miss Alice, what I owe you, but it's not in the power of my hand. I'm just, I just don't have the money. <clears throat> but he has the money to go skydiving. It's in the power of his hand. He needs to take the money he'd give the skydive instructor and give it to Miss Alice. He doesn't owe the skydive instructor anything if he hasn't jumped out of a plane yet. But God was so merciful to relieve us of this command. And, and had he not included this little stipulation here, there'd be a lot of people burdened with the guilt of owing something that they did not have the power to pay. Doing something they did not have the power to do. So God's not giving you the okay to go into debt and not pay money back that you don't have. He's not doing that. Nor is he giving you the okay to make up excuses for not having uh, are not giving someone something that's rightfully owed them. A young man called the church last week. I hate getting these calls. But he called the church last week and he wanted me to get the church.
to send him some money out of state because he had fallen on hard times. He got a girl pregnant out of state. He didn't make payments on his car. He and his girlfriend were both working, shacked up. Didn't, they didn't make payments on a car, so they got their car repossessed. Both have jobs. And so after they got the car repossessed, they, then had, uh, they had one car left. They then loaned that car to a friend. That friend then went out and wrecked that car. Now they have no cars. So girlfriend who's pregnant, daddy buses her to, to Texas, close to Maybank. And now she's living with daddy in Texas, a real man who can provide for the girl. And so he wanted the church to take up a collection here. He doesn't know us from anybody. He just calls in any church he can to send him money so he could travel to Maybank and move in with his girlfriend and her daddy. And I told him, I said, Sir, can I be honest with you? I'm just going to be blunt with you. He said, Yo, okay, yeah, I'll be blunt. I said, it doesn't sound to me like you've fallen on hard, hard times. It sounds like a whole lot of mismanagement to me. And I told him that he had been living in sin, in fornication with that girl. I told him he needed to repent. I told him he needed to go to work, save up his money, and get his own self to Texas. <laughs> I said, if you, if you don't have enough fortitude, basically, to... To get your own self, save up money and get your own self to Texas, and you can't even take care of yourself, your own finances, how are you going to marry this woman and provide for her? You can't even take care of yourself. You're having to call the church to come get you to Texas. He owed the woman a marriage. He owed God obedience. He owed the car company their payments. And we didn't owe him anything. But it was in the power of his hand to do all three of those. He just wasn't doing it. I said, you sound like a young man. He said, well, I'm not as young as I used to be. He said, I think he said, I'm 35. I thought, okay, you can get yourself to Texas. You can get a girl pregnant. You're young enough to get to Texas. The cash may not have been in his hand. You're listening carefully. This is how you apply this wisdom. The cash may not have been in his hand, but the capability was. That's how you apply the principle. You may say, well, I don't have the cash. It's not in my hand. Take your pockets, turn them inside out. You may not have the cash in your hand. God didn't say, or Solomon didn't say, withhold not good from him to whom it is due when the cash is in your hand to do it. He said, when the power is in your hand to do it. You may not have the cash, but you have the capability. Get the cash. Get it done. Get the job done. Get the service done. So don't just shrug your shoulders and say, I don't have the money right now. Too bad for you. And thank God's okay with that because he's not. If God has given you the potential, then you owe it to the person that you owe to put forth your best effort to give them the good that is due them. <clears throat> if you don't have the cash, then work it off. Say, hey, I, I don't have the money right now, but I'm willing to cut your grass. Or is there some way I can work it off? Or give me a little bit of time like the man in the Bible do. Uh, be patient with me and I'll pay you all that I owe. 
That was biblical. But if that power is not in your hand to do it, then once again you cannot give what you don't, do not have. Solomon said, verse 28, Say not unto thy neighbor, Go and come again, and tomorrow I will give when thou hast it by thee. You know what that's saying? He's saying, if, if you've got it in the power of your hand, if you've got the cash that you owe Miss Alice, if you owe her $100, you got $100 in your hand, don't say, hey, stop by the office tomorrow and I'll give you that $100. No, give it to her now. Not tomorrow. Give it to her now. If you can call 911 to help someone, don't say, you know what, I'll make that call when I get through watching the Will of Fortune. I'm busy right now. No, you do it now. Here's the spiritual principle. Late payment is non-payment. You hearing that? Late payment is non-payment. If someone is entitled to a benefit today, then don't give it to them tomorrow. You just rob them of a benefit for one day that was due them. If I can give you something that I owe you, then every day I withhold that benefit from you. I'm stealing from you that day. Don't be slow to make your payments. I try my best to schedule my payments at least a day or two early. At least a day or two early. I don't want someone to think I'm trying to be late. I'd rather pay it early. That way if something happens in the mail or whatever, it'll still be there on time. <clears throat> I never want to be late paying something I owe. And a Christian should never have one of those nasty red past due notices coming in the mailbox. If it is in the power of their hand to pay it. If you owe someone an apology, don't say, well, I'll give that to them tomorrow. If it's in the power of your hand to do it today. If you owe them an apology, don't put the apology off. Go apologize to them. Call them on the phone. Tell them you're sorry. Every day you withhold it, you are stealing from them the comfort and the wholeness that your apology would give them. If you promise someone that you're going to do something, then don't wait for one of these days. Do it now. One of these days may never come. If there's something you need to make right, don't put it off any longer. The way to make it right is to do it right now. And with that, we'll go ahead and close. And uh, boy, I just love the Proverbs. Because they, 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 they make the rubber meet the road in our, in our daily lives. They tell us exactly how to do things. They get into our personal business. And a lot of times we don't want people in our personal business. But I sure want God in my personal business. Alright, with that we'll go ahead and close. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Thank you, Lord, for applying the principles that you're commanding us for for, for taking those principles and in your own personal holiness and integrity, you, you apply them to your own situations, Lord. Lord, you, you, the moment, Father, we believed on your Son, we were justified then, not the next day. <laughs> we, we were given exceeding great and precious promises. We were made a child of God and born again right then, not a few months later. God, thank you for giving us eternal life. Thank you for keeping your word to us and not withholding back any benefit that the cross provides. We love you so much.
And I pray, Father, that you'll help us, Father, to do unto others now as you have done unto us and apply these wonderful principles with all of our heart. In Jesus' precious name.